Hello and welcome back to the What the Folk Sunderland review show. Uh, it wasn't a good day as Sunderland lost 1-0 at home against a wonderfully ordinary and average Cardiff City side. Um, I'm positively fuming and probably shouldn't be doing a podcast in this mood, but there's plenty to discuss. Um, I've thrown in some of my own questions, but alongside them I've asked on Twitter for some listener questions, thought we'd do something a little bit different and that you'd all be saving me a job, so we're, we're going to try and do that. Um, hopefully it'll not be as painful as the match was today. Um, sorry to sound so bloody blasé about the whole thing, but it just I'm I'm not in a good mood. I've just got out of the car. Um, as always, though, there might be some chirpier people on the line. I don't know. I can't promise you that. First and foremost, it is Brad Sharp joining me. Brad, are you okay? Um, I missed Corey Evans today. You weren't the only one. <laughs> um, no, I'm just like you, mate. Not in the best of moods, to be honest. Um. I think that was probably the worst performance, not just this season, I think, of this year. And that's going back to the, well, it wasn't maybe as Bolton was up there as well, but that was awful today, mind. That well, was really, really bad. I had a wonderful amount of time to be able to go back and, and think about when that was the, what was the last bad performance since then? And obviously when you're going back in the car and, you go, oh, by the way, it's so Scott Brown at Gretna. There you go. And, and Stephen Whitaker. There you go. Um, Random fact, most interesting thing of the day that. Um, but I was going back in the car and you think I was thinking, you know, when was the last time I played that bad? And it was probably Bolton. Because pretty much Alex Neal took over and we, we were sound. Maybe MK Dons, a couple of games after Alex Neal took over. I don't know why I was kind of trying to compare. Doncaster. Like, Maybe it's Doncaster. But... Oh, God. Now we're really getting back on it. But it was that yeah. bad. Um, it was really awful. And I want to sugarcoat it for everyone because I know no one wants to hear negativity, but it was shite. Um, so if at this point you don't want to hear some home truths, then it's fine. Uh, turn off now. It'll be all right. Um, like and subscribe, whatever it is. Um, second of all, <laughs> um, Ross Black. Ross, how are you doing? Are you all right? Uh, I'm all right. Just same as you. So it was just very naff on it. I should have known as soon as the rail strikes got took off, yet the Metro still couldn't run. I got on a bus that was full, had to stand all the way from Gateshead to the stadium, my light. Paid six pounds for a can of Madri. Went to the queue at half time as well. Nil nil. Got to the queue. I'd missed out on all the food. There was no food left apart from crisps. Got me seat and Cardiff scored. Bad day. To be honest, I didn't sleep very well last night. Like, look, I'm going to be honest. I know I shouldn't say this on a podcast, but I didn't sleep very well last night because the neighbours upstairs were pumping at every hour of the night and it was really annoying and I'm going to have to send them a little letter in the post to be like, look, some of us have to work. Um, can you please stop pumping every hour of the night, please? Um, so I was tired and then Ashley thought it would be a really good idea if we went to uh, McDonald's, which it normally is, get McDonald's breakfast in the morning, there's a drive through down the road and I says, I'll go through the drive through She says, nah, nah, we'll just go in. So I went in 25 minutes, I waited for a cheese and egg sandwichy thing, 25 minutes that in the diet coke so i should have known at that point really shouldn't i i should have known when the pump and neighbors were keeping me up and mcdonald's was keeping me waiting that it was it was bad news um <laughs> brad I'm, i know for a fact 100 what the answer is going to be here but i'll start with one of my lovely questions um what did you make of the performance today in our one will defeat against cardiff city um i thought we played well for five minutes of the 90 <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think there's only one thing I can recall of is a positive is where we built up well and 
I might have one cleared off the line. Um, I think in my opinion, home. he should have hit that first time because he was in exactly the same position as he done. He was against Burnley when he scored. Just hit it. You've got a couple of goals now, but apart from that, made there's 85 minutes of utter shite. Absolute dross. Um, I don't know if many of the, the listeners listen to when I, I speak on Total Sport. I spoke to Marco um, earlier this week and I said, is it alarming that we're conceding goals five minutes before or five minutes after half-time? And he said, I was looking too far into it. I think today, is once again, it's backing up my point that we are just terrible either side of half-time. Yeah, there was another 70-odd minutes to go with that today. like a different uh, other weeks where we played well. But are we just putting this one down just a bad day at the office? I think some people are in like, and I know, I know some people don't like negativity because like ultimately there's been a lot more positives, I suppose, this season. But like, oh, I don't know. It's like being in a relationship with someone and you're starting to notice the red flags after like six months or a couple of months and you try your best to ignore them, but they are there. Like they are there and the red flags, like they're just, they are there and I don't like it. Like two wins in nine. Um, Like I was fuming after today. I was absolutely fuming. Like I'm not going to, I always try my best to be balanced um, on these shows and stuff like that. And I'm finding that hard, like, because I said the the home form was a worry, and people said I was I, I was worrying too much because we got we've only been beaten twice off Norwich and um off Norwich and Burnley, and we're doing all right away from home. I think we've won four away from home, like so you can say we're doing okay away from home. But what happens when those points start drying up, like, and I mean, I'm absolutely livid that he didn't change it at half time. Um, after. <laughs> Weeks and weeks and weeks of crying out that we wanted a striker. I wish we didn't have one starting today. <laughs> he was awful one he yeah. I mean it's look, not I, just the fact he was awful, it's he had no service and it was the team selection. We've been what we what we said recently, Pritchard has missed someone like Ellis Sims. And <laughs> second half, when Pritchard played well, when Sims came on on uh, Wednesday night, was because Sims was on the pitch and he could do his job. And then lo and behold, the first time we have a striker for starting, Pritchard doesn't start. And it's like, what the fuck? I mean, I know that there was rumours that Pritchard had a knock, right? But I think we, we say this quite a bit. If you're fit enough to be on the bench, you're fit enough to start. So, and he looked, looked all right me when he came on. We looked, we looked a better team when Pritchard came on, to be honest. Um, but I but I can't believe he didn't change things at half-time. Um, I mean, um, um, some of those red flags are coming with Mowbray, if I'm honest. I'm not Mowbray out, don't worry. I'm not. That would be a stupid decision to have that. Um, there's a couple of red flags that I'm a bit concerned by that come tactically with him. Um, Russell, I'll fire on to you before I start just telling everyone and you get out the football club and, and have a proper meltdown. Like, how do you feel about the game, mate? I oh, just deflated. It was shite, wasn't it? it just, you know, just it was nothing, like, all passing was either just, it just never made the player. It was always too slow or five yards too short. They were quick at every ball that outmuscled us. They seem to work harder than us. And what about Sims? Like, it's we've been crying out for a striker for ages, but he did nothing. And it was pointless in me even being there. He got bullied in the air. The only thing I could see is we took him off for 70 minutes. And then Jack Clark and Bennett started putting balls into the box. And you're like, oh, eh, we've been waiting. We've been waiting 80 minutes for this. Oh, I all of a sudden we're doing it now. And it's, uh, I think 
like you've got to think as well if it wasn't for Patterson would go one nil down at half time. That was a fantastic penalty save. Big shout out Patterson. Great kept us in the game. Also the one on one where Dan Neil got caught on the ball again. Oh like, I like that's why the time this season. This? Stop it. Stop it, Dan. I'm that, I'm a big fan. That, stop. That's becoming a regular occurrence now, by the way. And it's starting to really, really fucking irritate me. He's got to stop it. Where's the where's the players telling him like man on as well talk to each other today there was a distinct lack of communication on the pitch like Ahmad and Roberts ran for the same ball five times and just put right next to each other like move talk to each other it was just so frustrating like Bailey Rice my god that that was he's had some stinkers when we got drubbed away at like ball etc but that was really bad him and Danny Bart looked like they'd never passed a ball to each other in their life and I know like obviously We've had frustrating defeats, but it's been defeats where I think we've been beaten by quality or we've at least had a positive spark. Today had nothing for me. And that's what the most that's why I feel is the worst because we either score a good goal like Swansea away, we'll have a fight. Or Burnley, where the first half was really good and we just got beat by a better team in the end. But today we got beat by shite and we made them look like Real Madrid for the majority of the game. The space in the midfield was absolutely stinking, but um, we'll go through um, listener questions. Never really done this before, so I don't know what I'm going to get. I'll go for the first one. I'll take the first one. Um, what service station should we stop at on the way home? That one was from Ashley Gretna. Uh, that's that one covered. So I'll give the, the second one to, uh, to, to Brad. It's from Red Jasper or Steve. Um, what needs to be done to improve our home form is 10 points from nine games is poor. Uh, yep. Um, and we would be in a much worse position if not for a decent away form. Touching it a little bit at the start, Brad, but but what's your thoughts on why our home form is poor? Uh, I don't know if they just panic in front of a big crowd. I, 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 I can't put my finger on it because we still take a good following away from home. We're, we're visiting stadiums that have got big crowds there this season, so it, it, I don't know if it's when they're away, there's less expectation on them. Um and a lot of people are saying when we go away from home, the, the, the general consensus is we'll be happy with the point. Anything else is a bonus. Where at home, I think we might be trying a little bit too hard and it's just it's not coming off. I think we just need to relax a little bit. There is always too much tension. Um, I mean, the Wigan game, we went behind and I didn't see anyone really panic and we came back into it and played really well. Um. I, I can't put my finger on that one, I'm afraid. Why why is why there's such a contrast in the home and away form? Now, like you've said, we've only lost three at home, two only two losses at home before today. But it seems like we've gone back in time, we're just drawn constantly. And I mean I mentioned the home form after the Burnley game and people went, Oh well, you know, QPR were only a couple of minutes away from beating them, Coventry only seven minutes away from that. Burnley who played well first half. Preston probably would have beat them with the striker or Blackpool. Um, Norwich, we battered them. And like I agree with all of that, but it doesn't matter what we would have done. We didn't. Like we didn't. It's now two wins and nine. And, and home form is going to be absolutely pivotal to wherever you think Sunderland should be finishing the season. If you think that playoffs was realistic, if you think that just surviving is realistic, if you think that finishing in the middle of the table and establishing yourself is realistic, the home form has to be good. And it's not it's not good at the minute. Like it isn't good. It hasn't been good for a while. Um 
I know a few someone said today they felt like the home form was poor because it, the, the crowd was quiet. I think there was some unsavory stuff in the crowd today, if I'm honest with you. Um which I'll not touch on because I don't want to really give it that much airtime. I think people know what I'm speaking about. If you don't, ask us. Um, but I think um, the crowd itself, I've got no issue with. And I, I mean, I'm a big defender of the fans, a huge defender. Um, the Wigan game, I think everyone really... The, yes, the, the team gave us a little bit of shout by having a go, but the, the crowd really got behind them. Like the Burnley game, when we conceded the third, the fans got behind them and would concede it three. Um, Coventry home first game of the season fans were great QPR fans were fantastic it was absolutely bouncing when that second goal went in it's not us conceding goals and making silly mistakes so like I understand that people you know psych, 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 uh, psychologically um, there is going to be an impact of how the crowd feels and yes sometimes we do get a bit stressed and a bit angry and whatnot. but there's no better crowd to play in front of in my opinion in this division um, and if you, your shoulders aren't big enough to play in this, if that is the problem, which I don't think it is to the players, but if the players haven't got shoulders big enough to play in front of it, then. But um, but yeah, like if it's too much pressure, then no, no bother, lads. But I don't think it's that. I think the lads have shown time and time again they can get the 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 crowd on their feet. Um, I think they can get the crowd going. I think that's the likes of Roberts, um, Stewart, Sims, um, Jack Clark. The plate of the crowd, O'Neill does. Uh, Bailey Wright's been here years, so I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that at all. Um, and I think, to be honest with you, I think the crowd's fine. Don't think it's. We we haven't actually about a day, maybe the second half against Burnley. We actually haven't played bad at home, so it's not technically the form. It's we haven't had someone to put the ball in the back of the net now. Judge us when we've got the ball to strikers back, and if it doesn't improve over the next five home games, then yes, there, there's something a little bit more. Concerning there, um, for me, I, I don't think it's necessarily we've been that bad. We're just speaking in the cold light of day that we've just watched what we've watched today, and it was bad. But over the season, when I'm just while you were talking, thinking back, there hasn't been that many bad performances. It was just the fact that we didn't really have anyone to put the ball in the net. I, yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's it's so weird. It's like because it. A lot of the time, I have been like, I think if you listen back to the Preston podcast, if you listen back to the Burnley podcast, um, QPR, Coventry, really philosophical, I'd like to think from, from myself. Um, should people have different opinions on that, but I, I think we all felt quite balanced. I think the fan base felt quite balanced. But today I'm a bit like, well, no, no. <laughs> we need to stop putting results together. Like, no, no matter what your ambitions are this season, just to stay up, to get the playoffs or to go mid-table and establish, you have to stop and run together and your home form is really important in that. Um, but anyway, uh, that's just my thoughts. Um, Russell, I'll give you the next one, um, which I think is quite a good one from Kyle. Um, I think our set pieces need discussion, so do I. Uh, to not score from one so far this season is unacceptable. Thoughts? Oh, it's so bad, isn't it? Either the delivery is too deep and we've got no one on the back post, or it's trying these short corners time and time again. And like Sims was back to deal. We had Bailey Wright, Danny Bart, you know, you've got aerial presence. And I can't think of one good corner into the box for anyone to challenge. And then one, we did like two or three short corners in the first half. But absolutely nothing comes of it. Like it is an issue. And on this, that, that comes down to set pieces on the training field. I'm sorry, bud. And now we're going to get on to Mowbray probably, I'm guessing soon. But coaching-wise, 
set pieces are huge. Like we had a few, quite a few off the cuff stuff. Alex Neil last season, and, and I know it's a higher level, level, better defenders, but we've got to, it's got something we've got to pick up on because to me we're conceding too many set pieces defensively, and we're not using our aerial presence or deliveries correctly when we get them. So it's it is a concern. We're the only team in the football league not to score from set piece. That's mad. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it it's a red flag, and this is what I mean about red flags. And I, I want to reiterate as well. I think I said this before. I sound like a bloody broken record, but I think the players have set the standard that I have of them. They've set the expectation that I now have of them because I've seen what they can produce. So I don't accept performances like today. They've set a standard that I now expect, and that's so far below the standard. Patterson aside, who I thought was excellent today, I thought the goal was offside. By the way. Um, I haven't watched it back, but it felt offside. Is it not offside? Oh, well, fair enough. Um, Brad's like shaking his head, like, shut up, Graham, shut up. Um, but I thought Patterson did, I thought he did really well today. I thought he safe was excellent. But that that performance, Patterson aside, for me, is not the standard that these players have set, and it's not the standard that I any longer expect. Um, and I wasn't I wasn't comfortable with it. And hopefully they can they can prove us wrong with a, a good positive performance and hopefully a, a positive result next week against Birmingham, which I have full faith in them doing. Don't get me wrong. Full faith. Um, you know, we're talking about being annoyed about today because of how well we played previously, but we need to start picking up results and wins. No, no longer is this performances. We need to start picking up results, otherwise shit's going to hit the fan and we're going to end up in a place we don't want to be. And I don't want that. Um, I want a nice, simple, easy season. Thank you very much. Um, good question here from Keith Brad. Um, I think we'll probably all be able to answer this one, but I, I will give you this one. Can we agree that the combination of bar and Neil in midfield is not a good one. Both have their strengths, but as a pair, it just doesn't work. 100% agree with that one. Um, both of them are talented in their own right. They can't play together. You pick one or the other and you put a Corey Evans in alongside and we don't have the same We don't have the same conversation about the midfield today for me. Um, we looked at a different side when Corey Evans came on. If he's got someone with the legs of Bar or Dan Neil alongside him, it's a different story. You've got a leader in there as well. It was it was just too inexperienced and youthful for me in the middle of the park. They both wanted to get forward quite a lot. And I think Daniel was given more of the holding role today, which just doesn't suit him. And we've seen that in the first half when he gave the ball away as well. He, he cannot uh, he cannot hold it. So how can he play the blooming holding role? I think I think I've seen Daniel play that position a few times. And I really like Daniel, big fan. Um, but you can just see that's not the way he plays. No. It's just not. I don't know why Alex Neal tried to do it at some point. I don't know why Tony Mowbray has tried to do it and play him in that position. He, he's not a holder midfielder. I'd have been more than happy with Barr getting a start today alongside Corey Evans or Dan Neal starting alongside Corey Evans. That would have been fine if it didn't work fine. If, you know what I mean? You've only you've only tinkered it slightly to give a bit of game time to Barr because, look, he was exceptional on Wednesday when he came on and we know what Dan Neal's got in his locker. But them two together, it just did not work. And I hope to God that doesn't happen again. Because that that, that that was mind-blowing how them two were starting together in the middle of the park. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't get it, if I'm honest. Even at the start, and I know hindsight's an easy thing to do. I would have I would have started, well, I, I think he's a lovely little footballer. But I think you need to have Corey Evans there. There was a game last season where we played against um, Shrewsbury. And we didn't play Corey Evans and like halfway through Alex Neil had to bring him on because he was like, uh oh, there was a game against Stoke this season. I know we won one nil and we scored right at the end of the first half. But if you remember that Stoke game, we were a bit ropey first half. 
And at halftime, Alex Neal brought on Corey Evans and Bailey Wright and just showed up. Um, because I think Matetti was on yellow and I think 09 was on yellow. So he brought in two experienced heads and just showed it up. I cannot understand why Tony Mowbray didn't do the same today. Literally everybody in that stadium. And if you weren't, I've got to ask why. We're crying out for that to be changed. But for me, I would change it. I would have changed it before. <laughs> I think after about half an hour, I went, you need to get Corey Evans on here. Like, And I cannot understand why he, even if he thought I'll try this at the start, why he then decided... To, to not change it when it obviously wasn't working. Um, yeah, it, it really didn't get me. I'll bring you on to the next question, Ross, because um, it comes in perfectly. What, why didn't Mowbray make any changes at halftime? I don't know if you can answer it because you've got to be Tony Mowbray too, but but why didn't he? Baffled. I remember sat there seeing everyone come out and me and Peter on can He hasn't changed now. Why has he not changed anything? What, what The thing is, oh, they scored the goal and he changed it, so... What was he expecting to change? The the shape wasn't working. They weren't communicating properly with each other. He couldn't string a pass together. And he thought, oh, I'll give it 10 minutes and see what can happen. Like it was I think that's I, I think that's a big flag today on Mowbray. Um selection was wrong. And at least if he got the selection wrong and made the subs to stop prevented from getting worse. It's a fact that it got to half time and he let it continue. I was really disappointed with. Um, I just don't get it. And also, I don't know just me, but why on earth did he take Patrick Roberts off? Yeah. like, like <laughs> He was playing really well. He was one of the ones who were actually getting on the ball, making things happen. And then and then I know he... It's all hindsight, but he probably... He shouldn't have started Sims too because this was always... a could have happened we needed a goal and we had to take a striker off because he couldn't last 90 minutes and then all that momentum we had was just drained out of us and yeah. I feel like it's it's obviously it's a lot of reaction revisionary stuff but I think today like you say the selection was wrong the players performance and just application was wrong substitute was wrong it was just just bad bad day and we talk a lot on this show about nuance um, and balance it can be really hard in a reaction and a review, especially when you do it this immediate. It can be really hard. Um, but there seems to be a lot of Mowbray's not the man, or don't be daft, Mowbray's the man. There's the middle ground where you think, wait, well, hey, there's, there's red flags there, but you know, two months. Um, certainly not advocating getting rid of him. If I'm honest with you, and I don't think this will surprise anyone. Uh, and I know people might point to their recent form, but I wish it was Alex Neal. But I'm a big Alex Neal fan. As a coach and a manager, I loved him. Um, I thought he was great tactically. And I do always feel like Tony Mowbray would have not been my choice ahead of him. But it is what it is, and I need to get on with that. And I think I have got on with it. Um, and I think, you know, for where we are and what we're doing, I think Tony Mowbray has been fine. Someone pointed out today that he's only won four games as son the manager or something like that, which was a... It shocked me a bit, um, but he's played a lot of them by being hamstrung by not having a striker, which, to be honest, I, I don't attribute blame to him. This is probably more my question, Ross. I, I want to stick with you on this one. Um, we've talked an awful lot about not having strikers and not signing enough strikers. And everyone said, oh, you know, we've done this, that and the other. We brought these players in and, and whatnot and, you know, some good young players. Um, I think today you saw that it's not just up front where we're short in terms of squad numbers. If you don't play Corey Evans, who plays Ross? 
where's Corey Evans' replacement? And don't you cannot tell me people haven't pointed that one out before. We've signed all these good young players, but we've got about 40 number 10s and we've got we're short in positions. Yeah, well, we said during the transfer window, there's loads of links to James McCarthy and players of that mould experience who can just grab grab the... That's one thing we lack. We haven't got someone. I think that's a lot to do with our home form. We haven't got a bulldozer in the sentiment field who can just take control of the game. Can I, can I we just point out as that. well, that's something that Alex Neal noticed ages ago when we were talking about transfer. And I know it's going backwards. It doesn't matter what he said. I get that. But just to go back to the point I made when he left and I said, you know, to be fair, Alex Neal, he has been saying we need this. People saying, no, no, the model says that and the other. And I get that's the model. But the model at the minute is costing us points. It's winning us points, but it's costing us points. I think, Ross, am, am I wrong with that? Or? Um, I think there's an argument to be had for that, 100%. But I feel like today it was just the balance wasn't right rather than the... I think you could play it. To be fair, Matetti, I thought he's been good coming off lately and he hasn't been given anywhere near as many chances as Dan Neil and Embleton in that sitting deep role, which is Matetti's role. I don't mind Matetti, me. And I don't think Matetti is fantastic, but he deserves at least a chance of everyone else's, in my view. Um, but yeah, it's. I think that's one. It's one position we're going to have to be. If, if Matetti is not going to get a chance, he needs to go out on loan or go and find get games because he's at that age, and we need to get someone in. So I think overall, though, the World Cup comes at a perfect time for us. We need a break. We need a reset, and we need to go again with our defenders back because. I think Bailey Wright's time as a championship centre half. He's all right in games where away from home where we're sitting deep and it's headed number, but when we're wanting to play out from the back and control the games, I think the day showed where his weakness is and with Ballard and Alessi in there, it makes a massive difference. To be to be fair to Bailey Wright though, he did almost score. <laughs> By the in way, the wrong door. what was that? <laughs> The whole the whole scenario. Can anyone explain to me why Danny Bart didn't get sent off? I know there'll be a rule behind it. Is it double jeopardy? Is that what it was? No, I think honestly, yeah, I a think genuine, that... a genuine attempt to play the ball. That's all it is. Double jeopardy doesn't count if you make a genuine attempt to play the ball. He won't send you off. Did also, he? from from the north stand, Brown was right behind it. I think Patterson is going to get the ball. So it isn't denying a clear and goal scoring opportunity because the opportunity's gone. However, it is still a foul off the ball. So, but it was, but there was a fact that we we still made sloppy passes in and around the box again after that. That really annoyed me more. It's like we've got away with it once. How way, man, wake up! And it was just Stevie who I sit next to. He's watched Sunderland for fifty years. He looked at me and went, "We could be here till Christmas, and we'll ne- we'll not score in this game. We'll never get control." Because the passing wasn't good enough and the final ball wasn't good enough and he was bang on. It was so, uh, yeah, it was awful a day. God, I feel like I'm going around in a circle here, but um, I'm not going to pick out one question, Brad, because there's just a few comments here. I'm going to be honest and say I don't agree. I'll give my opinion quick. Um, people saying one, uh, Dave, who I love, great guy, um, said why is Sims so born idle. One said, would you send Sims back for his first two or three games? He looks disinterested, weak, sloppy, lazy. Can't seem to find what he actually has to offer and what his qualities are. And another one says, how is Sims a striker? And um, before I pass the question to you, Brad, I don't I don't agree with that. Any of them, if I'm honest. I think it's I think the service team was stinking today. I think it gets to a point where you get a bit annoyed when balls are just getting chucked to your heat. I don't think that's his game, if I'm honest. It wasn't his game at heart. You better get the ball into his feet and let them turn a bit. 
there was one point where he should have played in. I think it was uh, Diallo, and for some reason, just passed it straight to a Gareth Blair instead when we want to break. Um, I don't think he had a good game today. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think I don't think he's lazy. I think he wasn't played that well today, and I also think um, sorry, I don't think he was given the right kind of service today at all at any point. And I also think it's his first game back starting. I think got to keep, cut him a bit of slack for that. Um, he made a difference against Huddersfield. Made a difference against Luton. So it is what it is. But Brad, you might feel different. What do you reckon? No, um, he's had five or six weeks out, and it was only a week ago. Twenty more versus. We won't see him from the start before the World Cup, and then a week later he is in because, in my opinion, he changed our whole game on Wednesday night when he came on. It wasn't the game changer, but he changed the way we played. And Bailey Wright fizzed a lovely 30-yard ball into his face. He knocked it off with one touch and we were on the break. And that was on Wednesday night. We just didn't do that with him today. He was up against two decent-sized centre-halves. Yeah, he wasn't great in the air. I don't think he was great in the air before his injury. But he's still coming back from an injury and he's still a young lad. It's not like he's a season-prone He's in his mid to late 20s, you know what I mean? I can see why people would get that sort of impression of him because, I mean, uh, against Middlesbrough, I thought he was very, very poor and that was his last full game. But again, that was... He, he was originally in the in the team as part of the front two and that's what they've been working on. Um, and then after that, he's been injured. So he, he's now as a lone striker and I don't think he's probably the answer from the start. But he is a big lad. He's a target man. And if we use him right, at, at the very least, he's going to pull two defenders out of the way because they're going to chuck two lads on him to make sure he doesn't get the ball on his feet to make sure he doesn't win things in the air. So it's what he brings in the rest of the game, which should be helping us. But again, today, we just didn't play to any of his strengths. It's no good lumping it up. Because if he, even if he was winning headers today, I don't recall any point when we played a long ball, there was anyone within 10 yards of him if he did win a flick on. So if he won it, it was going to no one anywhere. It was the fact that he wasn't winning the headers. It was more noticeable. But even then, the where, where the ball was going, it wasn't like they were winning it and just bringing it down. The balls were getting knocked off either side, but we didn't have anyone there to pick up the second ball. So regardless, it wouldn't have made a fucking blind bit of difference if he got his head on it or not. The fact is, we didn't put balls into the box until he went off like Ross touched on. And I think it was about 30 seconds after he went off, Bennett put a brilliant ball in and just missed Clark's head. And they were the balls that we were screaming out that Sims needs to feed off. So I, I think I think it's a little bit unfair, but I do see why people have got that slight impression on him at the minute. And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that we've had Ross Stewart there for the last season, season and a half, and we see what he does off the ball as well as on the ball and what he brings to the team. Sims isn't that type of player. No. We, we've got to accept that. He is not that. He's not the same ilk as, as a Ross Stewart. He's here to learn his trade still. Um, and he's scored a couple of goals from us. He has played a couple of good games. And not to forget, again, I'll touch on it. The last two games he's came on is when we've scored goals and looked better. It's just he should not have been starting today. I know we're all excited thing. Yes, we've got a striker for the first time in 50 days starting. But he shouldn't have been starting. Wise men say, let's touch on it on their, their pod Thursday. If we're 1-0 up and he gets dragged off and we, we, we end up getting beat or drawn, Everyone will be coming on on Mowbray saying, what, why, why have we took him off? It's because we know he hasn't got 90 minutes in him. Played all right like recently without a striker. Then you bring him on, then we play our own game when he comes on. But I can see both sides, but for me, he, he deserves a little bit more time. 
I agree with you, Brad, but I also feel like he was holding back because he knew he couldn't last the hunt the full ninety. So he he didn't want to like put his body on the line or get in front and even when like you say he was struggling in games like against the Borough and when he played I think it was against Rotherham when nothing's getting a call right from when Stuart was scoring goals for fun, he was still putting his cell about and he was non stop. Whereas today maybe he's just he, he's not ready to start and I think again I don't want to go on, it sounds like I'm bashing Wolverine non-stop, but that's another one. If how I don't know how we can say he's not going to start a game until after the World Cup. And then I know it would play better with him in the team, don't get me wrong, but if he's not ready, he's not ready. And if Sims pulls up after 10 minutes today, we, we, the, the, imagine the uproar then. Um, I think the lazy connotations, it's an easy thing to say. Southern strikers get us all the time. I don't know what it is, but we all like Lewis Grabben. I remember when he was scoring goals for people like, oh, all he does is score. It's like, yeah, that's his job. It's it, it's crazy. We just we just I think as a fan base, if you're not Kevin Phillips or Niall Quinn or Ross Stewart or Jermaine Defoe, you're lazy and shite. <laughs> and unfortunately, these yeah, you're gonna get different style players. And if he if he if he if he plays that style of player get some service in the end and he's on the pitch and he gets a header in from Bennett's cross. Nobody mentions that. I think he's lazy. I think Sims is all right. I, I don't think he had a good game today. I, I think Sims is better than the two. If I'm honest, he, to me, he's not like a lone striker. He didn't really do that that much last season at Hearts from memory. And he's learning. He's, he's, you know what? He's not as good as Ross Stewart. Um, I, I mean... Brad, you've just brought up someone. Dare I say his name? Darren Bent was quite lazy. He didn't really chase much, but you know what he was good at? Smashing goals in. Um, unfortunately, he then went to Aston Villa and chased the money. Um, that's another podcast for another day. Um, we need to be positive in some ways here because ultimately, it's I suppose it's the first really bad performance. I didn't think we were very good against Huddersfield, but we got the result. In second half against Burnley, we weren't very good. Um, there has been Middlesbrough we weren't very good but we've been in every game I never felt like we were in today's game from the start Um, and I'm sorry if people think it's been negative it's it's the way we feel we're just fans at the end of the day Um, you might disagree and that's the beauty of football and that's what keeps us interested but we've got to stay positive here we've got one more game to go ultimately before today's game we won at Huddersfield despite playing not that great we've got a really good point in Luton which is a hard place to go despite my comment previously um we'll go to Birmingham on, on next Friday Ross what what do we need to see from that um a few passes strung together would be nice um <laughs> a comp a compact midfield and um a set piece goal honestly I'd be so happy but yeah, no, seriously, I um, just just need to improve on every nearly every aspect of aspect of our game today. We need to be more competitive. We need to at least show more threat going forward, and just I don't know, just the total opposite of today is what we need to show. And it would be nice if uh, be nice if we could go into the World Cup break with some momentum behind us and not on the back back to back defeats, which would deflate us. And it also puts massive pressure on us when we come back, I think. Although, I do think that it's the best time for us. We've got Stewart, Ballard and Alessi 
on top of Sims regaining full fitness, all ready to come back, and Gooch as well. Like we could do, really do with Gooch next week with Unai out. We yeah. a pointless, stupid foul for pulling shirts. I love Unai and like he's sliding out and he's he's wicked. I think he puts a hundred percent away, but he's got away with quite a bit of shirt pulling this season. And a few naughty tackles and the referee clocked onto him straight away today with that shirt pull and that yellow card in the first half then takes him out of the game because he kind of get in any 50-50s. So it's going to be interesting who he plays at right back next week. Does Hume get another chance away from home? I was just going to touch on that one. With us having the World Cup break afterwards and he put a full 90 in last week, would you bring Niall Huggins in? How fit is he? If he's fit, yeah, 100%. He's just played 90. For the under, I know it's under twenty threes on twenty ones football. Do do you throw him in or, or do you bring him into the squad? Because I'd much rather see Huggins and see what he's about, and then he gets a break if he does. If he, well, well, you back up right back if Gucci's no, injured. Like, well, if we're not, if an O nine and Gucci are both out, um, from and then you back up right back so Huggins and and Hume. Um, I think you're going to have to be really patient with Huggins, but if he's fit enough to play. Even seventy minutes, I personally think, from what I've seen, he's probably the he's the only out and out right back we have really, and um, that's played at a high standard. And I think he's probably our best right back from what I've seen last season. Obviously, that was over a year ago. So, uh, for me, Hume is a player that needs to leave one loan. So for me, if if Huggins can, if you can get seventy minutes of that seventy or so minutes out of him, yes. If not, for me, revert to a back three. Yeah, for me, a back three would be perfect. I think. I think Sirkin as well. He's been hit and miss. He was great against Wigan. Yeah. Then, then I thought he was a bit poor against Burnley, and then he was great for me against Huddersfield. But then today he was a bit sloppy, and it's just. I think he sometimes he is better driving from a back three, and I think as much as Clark's been great this season, I think being on as a wing back actually helps him have more space in front of him to run into. It does and cut inside. I think that. I think what you. So, I think when he's playing like higher up the, I, I don't like him playing up front. I definitely don't like him playing up front. I know he did all right against Fonzie and that, but I think we've tried it a couple times since then. But like Jack Clark's not on the forward. He's a, he's someone who drives him deep. Um, and I I actually prefer him, which I never thought I'd say this, as that left wing back. I think the way like he was at the start of the season, because he gets more time in the ball, and I think. When he's running full pelt, I've never seen a kid look as confident. I've never seen defenders um crap themselves as much as, as when Jack Clark gets the ball. Um so the yeah. Last time we've seen Jack Clark the last time we've seen last time we've seen Jack Clark Jack Clark play as a left wing back was against Rotherham. Um because it was the game after where Stewart got injured, and that, that's where we had to change the system completely. We had two strikers then. And how good was Jack Clark in that game? And the games prior, like you just said, he was he's awesome at left wing back. He was starting to make that position his own, really. And yeah, we've had to play him as a strike. We haven't had a choice for him. End of the day, we haven't had a choice. We've tried it with Ahmad, we've tried it with Diaku. Christ. I mean, we did have a choice on deadline day, but there you go. Um... <laughs> Here's one for you. Would you just give Jewison Bennett a chance as a striker, which he has played out for Costa Rica? Because he's got the pace in behind. And I don't get why every time he comes on, he's on the left side and Clark gets moved over. He's generally played as a forward for his teams in Costa Rica and at an international level. So I don't see why, if you're going to play him on the left wing, why not give him a chance up top? I know we're getting desperate here. 
But even in the two, I think you could compliment Sims well if you are going to go to that you know wing-back role. You no, know I think deserves a chance. I think it would be hell on if we don't. Ryan Noble. <laughs> I see what you did there. Go back. Um, yeah, I'm sorry it's not been a, a positive one this week, everyone. Um, it, it couldn't be. Let's be honest, it couldn't be. Um, you know, we say a spade's a spade, and a spade is indeed a spade, and today was a really dirty spade. I don't even know if that makes sense. But um, thanks for staying with us anyway. If you disagree with stuff that's fine if you agree with stuff that's even better um let's just get rid of this result forget about it move on to birmingham and, and get back to the standards that the team has set but um ross brad thanks for joining me when i'd much rather have been um putting pins inside of my eyes um all also to add on top of the mcdonald's the neighbors pumping upstairs my cat had a massive shit during that and it stinks um, so it just sums up the entire day and the entire podcast. I don't even know if I'll put this out, but I'll put it out anyway. There's my reputation gone. Ross, Brad, thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers, Graham. Cheers. Cheers.